Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Thank you, my friend. Isn't he just great on the piano? Just like, ooh, I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Love that. So I've been uh, busy the whole day with God. It's just been awesome. While you guys were out there working and doing stuff, I've been praying and interceding for you, asking the Lord to help you and to help me tonight. And you know, we've been covering a whole bunch of subjects, and I have so much to preach on. I want to preach on the fruits of repentance. I want to preach on, on uh, you know, being the salt of the earth. I want to preach on so much things, but I truly felt the Lord said to me to do something else. And I want you to open your Bible in Luke chapter 11. And we're going to read from verse 11. Now, how many of you sitting here tonight are filled with the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues? Raise your hand. All right, how many of you are not filled with the Holy Spirit and do not speak in tongues? Raise your hand. Don't be shy and don't be ashamed of that. Okay. I felt the Lord wanted me to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight to get people filled with the evidence of speaking in other tongues because He is about to take, this is the word I got, those who are going to receive the baptism tonight not, it doesn't mean that it's not for certain, it's for everybody, but God is about to take us into the next level of glory. The next level of glory. How many of you want to get into the next level of glory? I, I want to most definitely. The Bible says, Jesus said that we are to go and make disciples. Now you guys that are filled with the Holy Spirit already... I want you to take note on what I'm teaching, and I want you to watch how I get somebody filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. And I say this very humbly, but we have seen maybe six to 700,000 people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the last 25 years that I've been preaching. And I'm not saying that to brag. God's taught me something. Now... If we could imagine tonight this was my house and you were sitting in my lounge. Can we play that tonight? And, you know, because we have different people. All of us, all of us are going to get to, to a place where you're going to sit down and have a conversation. Is that true? You're going to talk to a sinner. You're going to talk to a, you're going to maybe talk to a Christian, but they haven't yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And most Christians in churches today don't even see uh, the necessity of this baptism of the Holy Spirit. We as Pentecostals, we do. But there's a lot of other Christians who just, you know, in actual fact, some people say, well, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit stuff died back in the apostles' days. It doesn't exist anymore. Have, has anybody ever heard that? And so in 25 years of preaching, my wife and I, we have been bombarded by many questions, many questions that people ask. And somehow, you know, most Christians don't know how to answer these questions. Because I know you know that we know there is a definite fight 
in the spiritual realm when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Who knows what I mean by that? A fight. It means that some believe in it and some just don't believe in it. Some want it, don't, some, don't, some people don't want it. So I want to help you tonight via question and answer the way that I've, I've learned, just not on all of it. I don't have all the answers, but I think I'm going to hit on a, on a few major pointers that some people don't know how to answer these questions. And hopefully tonight you will have some of your questions answered. Then at the end, I'm going to then pray for you and we're going to do some body ministry and everybody will help me to pray and I'll show you how to get people filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you ready? So imagine you sitting in my living room and imagine we're having a cup of coffee and let's imagine you don't know about the Holy Spirit. You, don't, you, you love God, you love Jesus, but you're unsure about this thing. So one of the most common arguments I get or even questions that I get is the following. Don't go to that church because that church is full of the devil. Why would you say that church is full of the devil? Because they speak in those funny languages. Who's heard that? They, they, they're speaking in that devil's language. That tongue that they speak, you know, apparently they say it's God, but that's so of the devil. Well, let me tell you right now, when you have somebody say that, I want you to be bold and get in their face and say, friend, you better repent of what you're saying. Because if you're saying that speaking in tongues is of the devil, then you are actually saying, Holy Spirit, you are the devil. Well, thanks for the amens I'm getting here. So me say, but I never thought of it like that. Well, you better, because the Bible is full of tongues. It speaks about the baptism. Can somebody say amen? It's everywhere there. People were speaking in tongues. They was, the, the Lord baptized them. The, Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he spoke in tongues. So Paul must have been of the devil, hey? Oh, come on, I'm helping you Pentecostals here tonight. Have you have people say, oh, I just don't believe in this tongue-speaking stuff. It's of the devil. Then you should say to them, well, then Paul must have been of the devil. They say, oh, no, no, Paul wrote the Bible. So, well, then he spoke in tongues more than all of us. That's what he said out of his own mouth. Come on, I'm getting you to think here. You can't say tongues is of the devil. Then Paul was of the devil and all the disciples must have been of the devil because they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. So that will eliminate an argument right there. Yeah, but there's more coming to it. But let's, let's get to this first argument. Is the Holy Spirit then of the devil? Is it right or wrong? Well, let's see. In Luke chapter 11, verse 11, Jesus speaks and says, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Imagine that. Your boy comes to you and says, Dad, I'm hungry. Can you please give me an egg? Say, sure, yeah, chew on the scorpion. Huh? Dad, will you make me a sandwich, please? Sure, he has a brick, chew on that. Which father would ever do that to his child? Can you agree? Nobody would do that. So Jesus says, verse 13, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So here's my question. 
If we pray tonight for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, are you going to get a devil or are you going to get the Holy Spirit? Why? Because that's what the Bible says. If you ask God for the Holy Spirit, He will give you the Holy Spirit. He's not a God who gives us bad things. He's the giver of good gifts. Can everybody say amen? He'll give us good gifts. He doesn't give us bad gifts. He's a good God. Now, there are some people who don't understand even what is the Holy Spirit. And I'll read all the scriptures, but let's go to John chapter 16, verse 7. Here's the, a, a common question. Why do I need the Holy Spirit? What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Well, let's see. John 16, 7, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Hmm? It's to your advantage. It's going to do you good, says Jesus, if I go away. Now, can you imagine how the disciples felt having Jesus with them physically? How many would you like to have Jesus with us physically here tonight? Imagine that. But Jesus says, listen, it's going to be better for you if I leave. For if I do not go away, the helper, somebody say the helper. Now, who do you suppose is the helper? The Holy Spirit, that's right. So the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, look what Jesus is speaking, right? Jesus says, I will send, what's the next word? Him, not it. The word him refers to a person. Can you say amen? It doesn't refer to a feeling or a sensation or a falling down or a goosebump or a speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit is a person and He is God. There should have been an interruption of amen here if you all believe. Come on, the Holy Spirit is God. He's God and He must be treated equally to God. In power, in knowledge, in strength, in wisdom, in everything. He is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, somebody say, why are you saying this? Because I've been in places where people believe that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are the same thing. It's not. Well, thanks for all the amens again. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because Jesus right here is speaking and he's referring to the Holy Spirit as a second person. Amen. Just wanted to clarify that. Because you can't say that the Holy Spirit is a feeling. The Holy Spirit is a person with a personality. He's God. And Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But when I depart, I'll send him, there it is again, to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. The first and foremost number one function of the Holy Spirit is to bring holiness on earth. He convicts people of sin. And some people are so afraid when we preach on the sin word in church because they're now going as far as to say you're preaching condemnation. But it's not condemnation when the Holy Spirit is purposely made to convict you and make you feel bad of your sin. Why? Because sin leads to repentance. And repentance leads to holiness. Holiness leads to purity and purity leads to more of God. Can you say amen? 
God doesn't do stuff to punish us. He does stuff to love us and to protect us because he knows we, we are human and we make big boo-boos. You know what a boo-boo is, right? We make big mistakes. So the Holy Spirit comes to bring conviction and it goes on. So are you, got, are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus said, it's to your, your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit cannot come. So Jesus could only be in one place at one time and do only one thing at one time. But when he sends the Holy Spirit, who is Spirit, he is all over the world. Hallelujah. So we can do greater works that Jesus did because of Jesus being in one place, but we being everywhere. John chapter 14, 12, Jesus said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works he will do because I go to my Father. So how do we ever do greater works than Jesus? Because we can do it more in quantity. Amen? We can do greater works than Jesus did because I can do it in England. And, you know, I could be preaching here tonight, but God is moving in England and in America and in France and all over. God's moving. So we are doing greater works. You get what I'm trying to say? Now, Jesus comes. Let's talk the history real quickly. Jesus comes in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 because the question still is, why do I need the Holy Spirit? I got Jesus. That's good enough. I'm saved. I'm going to go to heaven. No, that's not good enough. Jesus comes and he says, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come. What's the next word? Come on, say it. What's the next word? Upon. Say with me, upon. Not in you, upon you. Jesus says, you're going to get power. You're going to get power. What power? Dunamis power, dynamic power, explosive power. Power to do what? Well, he says, you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So I want to receive power to be a witness for Jesus. But what kind of witness do I want to be? I want to be an effective witness. How many of you want to be effective in your witnessing? Have I ever shared the story with you? I must have. I, I'm sorry if I, if I repeat myself. I can't remember everything I say. But you know what? I was one day preaching in a village in our country. And I was going, I went to the headman, the, the village leader. And I had to ask his permission to go and preach Jesus. And I don't know if I shared this with you or not. But I'll remind you. So I sat for three hours outside of his hut waiting for him that I could see him. There's about 3 million people living in this village that I was at. And when I finally got to see this, this village leader, he um, <clears throat> asked me, what do you want? And I said, sir, I want to ask your permission that I may go and tell your people about Jesus. He said, who's he? I said, Jesus. He's the son of God. He said, really? I said, yes, and I want to tell your people and tell you as well excuse me, that Jesus loves you and that Jesus wants to save you. He said, save me from what? I said, save you from hell. There is a heaven, there's a hell. This guy didn't know anything, nothing. I said, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to save you and Jesus wants to, you know, touch you and heal you and so forth. He wants to touch your people. So this is what he said. He said, show me your Jesus. Can you hear that? Show me Jesus. Well, I could pluck out my Bible and say, 
Yes, my Bible read it. He, he doesn't believe in that. It's a book. Come on, I'm ministering to some of you here. Because we preach Jesus to people and we, we quote scriptures. But can you show Jesus to the world without having a Bible? How do you show Jesus? Because this guy didn't believe in the word that I said. He, he said, show me your God. Now, there's a lot of people because the Bible says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you'll be my witness. So I want to now witness in his village. But he's asking me to show, show Jesus. Well, thank God I'd been three hours outside of his hut because you know what I was doing? I was in the Spirit for three hours, praying constantly in tongues. Just praying in the Spirit, just praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. So when the challenge came and he said, show me Jesus, I said, sure, I'll show you Jesus. He said, where is he? I said, he's inside of me. He said, really? I said, yes, he's, he's God and he's a Spirit and he lives inside of me. But let me tell you, to prove to you that this God that I'm serving, Jesus, is real, he spoke to me about you. He said, oh, really, what did he say? I said, well, the Lord showed me that you are dying of a kidney failure and you are going twice a week for dialysis at the army camp that's just a few kilometers down the, down the, down the road here. He said, who told you that? I said, Jesus told me. He said, where is he? I said, he's inside of me. And not only is he inside of me speaking to me and speaking through me to you now, I said, but not only does he know about you, but he wants to heal you. He said, what do you mean? I said, because he loves you so much. He doesn't want you to die with this kidney stuff, you know, and your kidneys that have failed. He wants to give you two new kidneys. Can I pray with you? He said, what do you mean pray? I said, well, I want to lay my hand on you and ask Jesus to give you two new kidneys. He said, oh, okay. So I laid my hands on him, prayed with my eyes open. He had his eyes open. He was just looking at me. I laid my hands on him. And I said, Father, right now, I thank you that you touch him. And when I prayed like that, he, he jolted. He went like this. He said, what did you do to me? I said, I didn't do anything. That was Jesus who touched you. He said, but you touched me. I said, no, that's Jesus in me. And you healed now. And he was. He was completely, miraculously, instantly healed by the power of God. Well, the, the, the end result, remember now, he says you will receive power so that you can be a witness to me, right? So an effective witness. So he had like five wives in his hut there. And so he called all five out. He said, them, come, come, come quickly, quickly. And when they stood outside, they, they didn't know what's going on. He just said to me, put your hand on them, put your hand on them. So obviously he wanted God to heal them, you know. I put my hand on them, just prayed in the name of Jesus. Every one of them fell out under the power of God. Just fell out in the dirt. Boom, 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 boom. His eyes were this big, you know. He didn't know what I was doing. And they stood up and they were all dancing and saying, oh, I feel wonderful, wonderful. They were healed. Well, because of that, he opened up the village and thousands of people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ because of the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So how do you show Jesus to somebody in the street? That's right. You need the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. We need the Jesus couldn't do one miracle until he got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe this? So, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Somebody say, upon you. There's a difference of Him coming upon you and in you. Somebody came to me once and said, I have the Holy Spirit. I said, you do? They said, oh, yes. I said, do you speak in tongues? No, 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 we don't do that. We don't believe in that. I said, then why do you say you have the Holy Spirit? 
says, because I ask God to come and live in my heart, so the Holy Spirit is in me. I said, that's correct. When we say, Jesus, come and live in my heart, I believe with all my heart, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they come and live inside of me and inside of you. Do you agree? They come and live in me. So do I have the Holy Spirit in me? Yes, you do. But that's through salvation. But we're talking about a second experience here. We're talking about empowerment. Empowerment. Why? So that we can be effective witnesses for God. Not to walk around and, and blow our, our own horn and say, check how great I am. That's not the purpose for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The purpose for the Holy Spirit is to empower us so that we can convince people there's a God who's real. His name's Jesus. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe that tonight? Hallelujah. Are you getting this? Acts chapter 2 verse 1 the promise was in Acts 1.8, you will get power. Now it comes into fulfillment. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. That scripture came real to me a few, few uh, years ago. I was preaching in a very, very, very staunch, very traditional Pentecostal church. They were called Members in Christ. don't know if there's that here. And I was teaching this very same verse. I was reading this, and it was a quiet, quiet night. Windless. There was nothing. The windows were open. It was quite warm. So the curtains in front of the windows, you know, they were just hanging still. And when I read this, there was the sound as of a mighty rushing wind, like two jet engines that started up. The wind blew through the windows. And the curtains did a 90-degree horizontal up. And God knocked the whole place down under the power of God. Come on, I'm telling you, we serve a God of miracles. I so wish he wants to do it again, you know. Well, then they appeared to them, divided tongues as a fire, and one sat, what's the next word? Come on, help me. One sat upon. Somebody say upon. This is very important. Upon, 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 not in, upon. The Holy Spirit sat upon each of them. Question, how do we know that the Holy Spirit sat upon them. Well, verse 4 says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and did something. What did they do? They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance. How do we know they received the Holy Spirit? Well, they began to speak in other tongues. All right, let's get, let's get into, you know, let's get our boots into this stuff now. The most common question or the most common argument of the non-Pentecostals to the Pentecostals. You don't have to speak in tongues when you receive the baptism. How many of you heard that one? You don't have to speak in tongues. It's not necessary. Some people said, well, speaking in tongues is, you know, it's just a waste of time. You don't have to do that. It's not necessary. You know, it happened in the Bible times here, sure, but it's not for us today. So when you receive the baptism, you don't have to speak in tongues. But I'm going to prove to you out of the word of God three times. And you know the Bible says my word will be established out of the mouths of two or three witnesses. So God will establish his own word through three portions of scripture I'll give you tonight. That when they received the baptism, they spoke with other tongues. 
Now, how many of you know I'm going to make the devil mad again tonight? Because that religious devil doesn't want to hear what I'm preaching. That lying spirit will just continue to get mad at what I'm teaching on. But the fact of the matter is you cannot deny the word of God. Well, this side's happy here. This side's the quiet side. So the first thing is we see this is the first, the first example that when the Holy Spirit fell on these guys, they began to speak with other tongues. Right? Undeniable. Now look at verse 5. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Every nation under heaven were living there. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused. Well, let me tell you, when revival does come, there will be some confusion with it. Why? Because God does something that's out of your box. It's out of your thinking. Out of your tradition. Now, why were they confused? Because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Ha! There it is. You see, brother, when you speak in tongues... In your church, we don't understand it. So that's the devil. But the Bible says that when they spoke in tongues, everybody understood them. So the tongues in the Bible is a language known by man. But your tongue, nobody gets what you're saying. That's the argument. How many of you know what I'm saying? Come on. That's the biggest argument. That is the most common argument we get where they say your tongues is of the devil. Our tongues is what people can understand. Verse 7 says, they were all amazed, and they marveled, and they said to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And then he names the different kinds of languages that were being spoken. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Well, let's, let's get down to the answer of this thing. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12. Oh, you know, I pray, Father, I pray that this word will sink into the hearts of everybody. That we will be disciples. That we will take what we hear and apply what we hear. Not just in our own lives, Lord, but that we will go out of here. And that we will get people filled with the Holy Spirit, teaching them the truth. Because when the truth comes, it's what sets people free. So, Lord, come and help me as I teach. Open up the eyes of the people's understanding. Enlighten their hearts, Father. Bring revelation. Illuminate this word, Father, in this dark world, I pray. In Jesus' name. Verse 1 is a favorite verse of mine because he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. Somebody say spiritual gifts. More than one, right? I do not want you to be ignorant. What does that mean? There's many, many, many people sitting in church who don't have a clue or understanding about the gifts of, the, of God. And because people don't have an understanding, what's the easy way out? They say it's stopped in the Bible time. You can't teach something if you don't understand it. But you'll teach something because you've got the faith and you've got the revelation. That's why you teach on it. Does that make sense? All right? 
I know you know this. Chapter 14. Real quickly, chapter 14. I've taught this here before. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Commandment. This is a commandment. Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts. Somebody say desire. Well, hopefully all of you sitting here tonight are desiring spiritual gifts. Because I cannot understand how can you be a Christian and want nothing to do with spiritual gifts. Doesn't make sense to me. It's like buying a Ferrari but never driving it. <laughs> Did you get that? It's like buying a, imagine a hundred million dollar house but never living in it. What's the point? Why get God and all of God but never want the fullness of God to apply what God gives us? <clears throat> so, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Pastor was prophesying tonight. He was operating in the word of knowledge. Saying that the Lord already showed him he was healing people during the praise and worship. Is that right? How did he know that? He didn't just make it up. God revealed it to him. He couldn't have done that if he didn't have the Holy Spirit. You can't operate like that if you don't have the power, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now he says verse 2. He who speaks in a tongue. He who speaks in a tongue. Does not, does not, does not speak to men. Is that what it said? So is this tongue a humanly known language? No. Because it says you're not speaking to men. But who am I speaking to? I'm speaking to God. Where is God? He's living inside of me. Why? Because I got born again. He lives inside of me. He lives inside of you. So when I'm speaking in tongues, I'm not speaking to a man. Now, the first thing is that a lot of people say, yeah, but in the Bible it says when they spoke in tongues, everybody understood them. That's true, and I'll explain that to you why. But you also got to understand there is a tongue that we are going to speak which nobody will understand except God. Only God understands this tongue. He says no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, I've taught on that here a few times. But let's go back to chapter 12 again. So the point being is you all understand now that when we speak in tongues, we are sp there is a tongue that is not known by man or understood by man. All right? It's a heavenly language. Only God understands. Now in chapter 12, we read from verse 7, because he says, don't be ignorant when it comes to the gifts. Verse 7 reveals to us the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's quickly cover them. Verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So when the Holy Ghost manifests, we're going to profit. Can you say amen? When people speak in tongues, you're going to profit thereof. You're not going to get a devil. Come on, help me. When we speak in tongues, you're not going to get something bad because the Bible says when the Holy Spirit uh, manifest, you will profit. You will profit. You're going to get something good from it. For the one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts, he, uh, plural, of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, plural, to another prophecy, 
to another the discerning of spirits. Now watch this one. To another different kinds of tongues. More than one. It's a gift of having different kinds of languages. I myself can speak two languages. I speak English and I speak Afrikaans, which is my home language. So I can speak two tongues, right? Two languages. I have two dialects. Actually, if you Google it, there's over 6,000 tongues on the earth today. 6,000 dialects. And the Holy Ghost can speak them all. I said God can speak them all. You got, you got to believe that. God can speak every language on the face of this earth. If you believe that, wave your hand. Come on, how many of you believe that? Because it's part of this teaching. God can speak every language. So the Bible says there are different kinds of tongues. And then there's another miracle. He says there are the interpretation of tongues. Interpretation. Interpretation of tongues. So one will speak, the other one will interpret. Why? Because it's a gift given by God supernaturally. So here I am preaching in our country in a small little town. Holding just a healing, healing meeting. I did it for three days. And uh, in the second night, a lady came to me and she said to me, Brother Hockey, we have a family that is flying in all the way from Portugal. Uh, this man has is, is got some other big problem and there's only one doctor apparently in South Africa who can perform this operation on him to fix him. He said, but can we please bring this couple here because the operation's only due the, you know, in a couple of days. But can we bring the family and would you mind praying for him? Maybe God can heal him. I said, sure, just bring them. She said, but there's one problem. They cannot speak English. They don't understand English. They, they can't read it, write it, speak it, nothing. I said, it's okay, just bring them, put them in the front. And when God allows me to, I'll pray for them. So the next night, it was so. In front of me was the Portuguese family. The mother, the father, and two kitties. And I did praise and worship. And, you know, we sang for over an hour. And you could just see they were just standing there, not knowing what's going on. And then, as you know, I have a long breath. And I preach for an hour long. And so I was preaching for an hour long. And he was just sitting there and yawning. And they got no idea. And finally, when I'd finished preaching, I put my Bible down. And I began to pray in the spirit, as I normally do. I was just pacing up and down, like you guys looking at me. I just praying. Yes, super non Rababare. And the next minute, the Portuguese, just these four people stand up. Just them. And I thought, that's it. They've had it. They're getting out of here. <laughs> True. But strangely enough, while I'm still pre uh, praying, you know, I'm waiting on God because the Bible says the Spirit searches the deep things of God inside of us. Amen. It's just, uh, I give you a refresher course on that because it's so powerful. But I'm praying in tongues. And they all walk forward right here. Now they're looking at me. And I'm thinking, hey, what's going on here? Because I'm praying in my prayer language. You know, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm praying in my heavenly language. But I'm looking at them now. And they both go, oh. Now, before I get in the further in the story, I just I have to say this. Tongues is a language. 
It's not a ba 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 That's not tongues. Because I've seen that God bless their darling hearts, as some people would say, you know, that these people are so desperate. They're trying to speak in the tongue. It's as if, 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 as if. Did you get what I was just doing? That's what God's hearing. <laughs> so tongues is a definite language. It's a dialect. You, you can't make it up. Every word is spoken by faith. I said every word we speak is spoken by faith. And God understands it. What I'm saying by faith. I'm speaking to these people because I understood what God's doing. These people aren't even saved, man. They don't even know Jesus. And I'm talking to them in the spirit for me. But God has taken the gift of tongues and given them the interpretation so that they could understand exactly what I was saying. Because that is what happened in the book of Acts when the Bible says they spoke in tongues and everybody understood them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I just kept speaking in tongues. I didn't lay hands. I didn't. I just. And guy falls on the ground. Honestly. Just, and I look at him and the wife looks and I go, I don't know. He stands up. He goes, I'm healed. Completely healed. God set him free. Healed him completely without me having anything to do with it. Nothing. I can see some of you saying, I, I, I don't believe that. So I went to the lady, and I said to the lady who, who brought them, I said, actually, at the end of the service, sorry, she came to me. She said to me, Brother Dion, I didn't know you can speak Portuguese. I said, I can't. She said, but you spoke fluently Portuguese to them. And I said, what did I say? They said, well, you said to them, because they came so far that God honored their faith like the man was let down by the ceiling. And he said, I'll just heal you right now. And God healed them. I said, I said that? I said, yeah. <laughs> right, Shemai? So somebody said, well, that's, you know, I'll take that. Well, we had a two-year revival in our country, and God was moving powerfully. And so we had about 30 people that was going to go to Russia. And we were going to go on a, on a three-week mission trip in Russia. And we were going to preach with the, Baptist, with the Baptist church there in Russia. And uh, the pastor there, he was, his name was Bishop, sorry, Bishop Vasily, who was a Baptist minister. And uh, we all thought to ourselves, well, you know what? Um, before 30 of us fly all the way there, because he had eight different churches under his name, you know, that he was running there. And, and we thought, let's fly this guy to South Africa, get him into the church, introduce him to the people, make that contact, you know, that we know who's who. Well, it was in the height of the, I don't know if you remember the big revival that took out in Toronto. Who remembers the Toronto revival? Well, it was in the middle of that time. So there were 400 people in the meeting that night, and I was busy preaching, and it was at the end of the service when we lay hands, and I'm talking about holy chaos. There was holy chaos. People were slain all over the place. People were laughing, rolling, jumping, crying, da-da-da-da. I mean, like a madhouse. You get what I'm saying. It was a Holy Ghost night. Powerful. 
How many of you want a night like that again? I, I want that. So anyway, it was just at that night. And so these Russians come in. It was the pastor, and he had a Polish lady who traveled with him who was his interpreter because they could not speak English. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Now, you've got to understand, the Russians are very quiet people. The Russians are not loud people. Huh? Very serious people. I mean, the Russians, I mean, so yes, this man, picture this. He gets off the plane from Russia. He's tired. He walks into a church, and he has to literally, by the entrance, walk over the bodies <laughs> that are lying on the floor. And there's people, ha, 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 you know, and people rolling. And this, I don't know what he was thinking, the poor man. But his eyes were this big. And he had to climb over bodies all down the aisle, come to the front, and so everybody got happy. We welcomed him, cheered him along. You know, praise God, the pastor from Russia is here. And he sits down, but he was just like, <laughs> didn't look to the left, look to the right. And so the pastor welcomes them and everything. And I'm sitting now minding my own business. But I hear God, I want to say in an audible voice, but it was so loud in my head. He said, I want you to pray for him. And I said, mm-mm. <laughs> I don't want to pray for him now, Lord. But the Lord was persistent, said, pray for him. He didn't tell me what to pray. He just said, pray for him. So I went to the pastor of the church, and I said, Pastor, I felt the Lord said for me if I could just pray for him. And he said, oh, yes, please, please, Dion, pray for me. So then I went to the interpreter and said, please ask the, the bishop if I could pray with him. Yes, he said. So I said, please stand up. And I turned my back to the audience so the, the, the bishop and the ladies there looking at the church. It was now a little bit quieter. And I take his hands, and I'm thinking, okay, what do I pray? I don't know what to pray. So what do I do? My natural instinct, get in the Holy Ghost. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. And so I take his hands, and I just begin to, and my eyes are closed, and I begin to speak in tongues. And the audience begin to giggle behind me. And I'm thinking, mm -mm -mm, no time for love now. Serious. And there's even more giggles. So I'm thinking, okay, there must be a reason why they're laughing, because it's not Holy Ghost laughter, it's a you know, natural laughter, what are they laughing at? So I open my eyes, and the pastor and the lady are both looking intently at me, looking at me. And so I'm now speaking in my language, looking at them. Rebaba and then I knew the God, the Lord did it a second time for me with the witnesses over 400 people witnessing. And my wife can bear what I'm saying, that they understood what I was saying. So I was speaking for about five minutes. I'm not lying to you. Now, did I understand what I was saying? I had no clue. Nothing, 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 nothing. But I like it because faith is an awesome thing. Can somebody say, faith is an awesome. Without faith, you cannot please God. So I just spoke to them. So at the end of that, they turned around, they just sat down. <laughs> so I went to the lady and said, excuse me. She said, yes, sir. I said, what did I just say? She was, what do you mean? What did, what did you, you spoke to us? I said, what did I speak? She, she said, you spoke in a Hungarian language, but we picked up what you were saying. I said, I spoke what? 
He said, we understand the dialect that you said, and you told us that not to be afraid because what is happening here in this meeting is happening right across the earth, and God is busy pouring out His Spirit and all flesh and stuff like that. I said, I said all that? She said, yes. I said, I can't even speak your language. Come on, we serve a God of the supernatural. How many of you believe that? Do you believe that God can take a language and turn it into somebody to understand? If you can't believe that, then you're not serving the same God I'm serving. Because my God is a God of the supernatural. Give Him praise if you believe it. Come on, He's an all-glorious, resurrected, powerful God. Now there's a lot more I can teach, but let's quickly go on to Acts chapter 8. Are you enjoying this tonight? Acts chapter 8 verse 14. I would love for you to get it on the board because I want everybody to read this with me. Acts chapter 8 verse 14. Now the Bible says, now when, everybody look at it. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, whom when they had come down, asked them, what church denomination do you belong to and how many members do you have? How big is your offering every weekend and how many big band members do you have? Is that what it says? Now I'm saying this on purpose because I want you to understand that God is not interested in how many members we have. God's not interested in how big our band is or our offering is. What God is interested in is people. He's not interested in the denominations. I have to say that again. God's not interested in what background denomination you come from. In heaven, we're not going to have a Baptist section, Methodist, and a Presbyterian. In heaven, we're going to have the blood-washed Jesus-believing people that's going to be spending in heaven time together. Hallelujah. So if we can't even work together down here, buddy, you've got a problem up there. Well, thanks for the amens again. So the Bible says, when they had come down, they prayed for them. The very first thing they prayed for is that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Point being, there must have been something in the Holy Spirit. Why would these guys go all the way down to that city? And when they found these Christians, they said, yeah, you need the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? The baptism of the Holy Spirit, friend, is the most important experience after you've received salvation. It's the most. And the disciples of old knew it. That's why they went down and they prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. For as yet he had fallen, what's the next word? Upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, if you are taking notes, write there verse 17. You can write the uh, action. Because the action is this. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. What did they do? They laid hands on them. Tonight, we're going to lay hands on you. What's going to happen to you? You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. Can you agree with me there? Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Acts 10, 44. It's quite amazing how the Bible is full of this stuff, right? Eh? Turn to your name and say, read your Bible. It might just help you. 
Acts 10, 44 says, Now while Peter, watch this now, while Peter was still speaking these words. So Peter's preaching now. The Holy Spirit fell, what's the next word? Upon who? All of those who heard the word. Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So here he was preaching. Now verse 45 says, and those of the circumcision, who's that? It's the Jews, all right? So the Jews who believed, who were, uh, sorry, were astonished as many as came with Peter. Do you know why the Jews were astonished? Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on who? On the Gentiles also. How many of you know tonight we are not Jews, we are Gentiles? You're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. You guys are Aussies. Your passport says Australian. Why are you saying this, Brother Dion? Because there's some people who think that there's this new movement, they all become Jews. You're not a Jew. You're a Christian with an Australian passport. I'm a South African with a South African passport. Well, maybe somebody needed to hear that one. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Question. Are you still with me? How do we know that they received the Holy Spirit? Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Is anybody with me? Yes, the second confirmation that when the Holy Spirit had fallen on these people, they heard them speaking with tongues. Can you say amen? amen? Then Peter answered and said, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked him to stay a few days. Question, can you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues before you were water baptized? Yes, why? Because they did. These guys received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues, and then only were they water baptized. Now, why am I saying this? Because some people have the impression, because of Jesus, they say, well, Jesus first was water baptized, then received the Holy Spirit, which is true, but we don't have to limit God. It happened with Jesus, but here these guys who received the baptism, speaking in other tongues, and then got water baptized. Why are you saying this? Because some of you sitting here tonight says, well, I would love to receive the baptism, but I haven't been water baptized yet. So must I now first be water baptized before I can get the Holy Ghost? No, you can get the Holy Spirit tonight. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Does that answer a question? Is this helping somebody? Acts chapter 19. Come on, let's go there. Acts 19. Verse 1. I want it on the board. And it happened. Are you reading with me? While Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. Maybe I can read it like this. It happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Dion and Shemaine, having passed through the upper regions, came to Harvey Bay. <laughs> and finding some disciples, he said to them, what church do you belong to? 
How many members do you have? How big is your congregation? Is that what he asked them? No. So what does he ask them? Very important. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? What has happened to the churches today who are doing away with the Holy Spirit when these guys' first question after salvation was, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Is anybody getting this tonight? Friend, if it was important in the Bible days to get the Holy Ghost, how much more is it not for us today to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You can't do away with it. It is vitally important. Vitally important. That's why the devil is walking around like a loose cannon. He's just blowing up and destroying and killing everybody because the people don't have the power of the Holy Spirit to back them up, to resist the devil, to fight and to do all the miracles that Jesus did. And if we don't have a Holy Ghost revolution, I'm telling you right now, then the devil's going to take more territory. Yeah, I believe I'm prophesying over this country that there's going to be a Holy Spirit revolution. There's going to be not just that, a revelation with a revolution. And we're going to have a Pentecost all over again. And the ones who say, I don't believe in it, they're the ones who are going to get it first. Come on, how many will pray that with me? When the guy stands behind the pulpit preaching and saying, that's all of the kurrababashakahana, and he gets baptized. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, how do you think that'll be great? And when people want to stand up and say, my pastor's doing yeah, and they fall down. Do it again, Jesus. Do it again. Pastor got it. You didn't get it. So he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, and that is on Christ Jesus. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whoop, there they go, under the water, right? And then... Verse 6 says, Paul laid hands on them, right? Tonight we're going to do that. And then something marvelous happened. What happened? The Holy Spirit came upon them. How do we know that? They spoke with tongues and prophesied. Three times. Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. Three times. They spoke in tongues three times, the Bible says, and they prophesied. So how do I know you will have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, I'll hear you speaking in tongues. Can somebody at least say, mm-hmm. How do I know you got the Holy Ghost? Because you will speak with new tongues. All right. Last, last questions. I believe what you're saying, Dion. I believe I need the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe in the speaking of tongues. But now this is the big question. Why do I have to speak in tongues? Why do I have to? Well, we read it just now. Let's read it again. 1 Corinthians 14. It's a good chapter to read the whole chapter. But verse, 14, uh, verse 1 says, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Verse 2, he who speaks in a tongue 
does not speak to men, but to God. No one understands him. However, in the spirit, somebody say, in the spirit. He speaks what? Now, what are those mysteries? You can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 when he speaks about the things that God has predestined and planned before us before we were even born. God has got plans and purposes for our lives. We don't know what the plan and purpose is, but we can speak in tongues and God will come and reveal that to us through his spirit. So God doesn't have us just speak in tongues, you know, and have nothing to understand of it. When God chooses for us to understand what he wants us to get, he will allow the gifts to operate to bring the revelation on what we are praying. Okay? He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. No one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Boy, that's important right there. What does it say? He who speaks in a tongue speaks edification, exhortation, and... So did I tell you about this lady in, in America? I was busy teaching... And there was this American prophetess. So while I'm preaching, she jumps down, comes an aisle. Now, she's a well-known prophetess in that, in that part there. She was in my meeting. And so while I'm preaching now, she jumps up and she comes dancing down the aisle. I call them the airy fairy spiritual scary. <laughs> airy fairy spiritual scary. How many of you know there's always a weird one somewhere? <laughs> so she comes dancing down and she stands in front of me, this prophetess. And her hands like that and she's slapping my forehead. <laughs> and she's, she's speaking in tongues. <laughs> like a budgie on steroids. <laughs> now remember, tongues is a language. That's not tongues. And then... <laughs> Lord, help me. We family, right? I can share with you my stories. And then she says, Thus say the Lord. Now, when people say, Thus say the Lord, I really get my antennas up. Because if anybody wants to prophesy, let me help you. Really, let me help you. Because when we say, God says, then you better make sure that you know it's God. There's a lot of people who prophesy, but they're prophesying out of their own flesh and not what the Lord really said. So, I've learned this through the years, that if I will prophesy, I would say, I believe God is showing me. Because then, the, the if I make a mistake, then the mistake falls on me. Doesn't fall on God, doesn't fall on the church, the mistake falls on me. And man does make mistakes. Can anybody understand it? So let me just help you by when you get a word, don't run and say, God said and thus say the Lord and stuff. Just say, I believe the Lord is showing me. So if I'm wrong, well, then forgive me. But this lady said to me, she said, thus say the Lord. She says, God shows me that within the next few months, you will be in a grievous accident and your wife will surely die. And then she said, but the Lord says, do not fear, because within the next few months, you will have a new young wife again. Oh. 
Now, some of you, because you've had great teaching under Pastor Ross, you understand what's going on. But there are people gullible and stupid enough to believe stuff like that. Because people run just after prophets and they want a word, they want a word, they want a word. Hello, somebody. So this lady was prophesying. And while she was prophesying, I grabbed her hand and I put her hand down. And she looked at me kind of startled. And I said, excuse me, ma'am, I don't care who you are. I don't care how anointed you are or what you are. I said, but I rebuke that word right now in the name of Jesus. I cut that off and I do not receive it in Jesus. And she said, you can't do that. I'm a prophet. I heard from God. I said, well, you heard wrong. She said, why would you say that? I said, because every morning my wife and I pray. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And nothing shall separate my wife and I. Nothing will separate us. That God has put together, we will stick it out together. Amen. I have a legion of angels. I have 6,000 angels of God in camp around me right here, right now while I'm preaching. <laughs> Nothing will come against me. Well, anyway, long story short, she didn't come back to my meetings. <laughs> There's only one of me. Hey, praise God. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm finishing up. Are you still learning something tonight? Verse 14. Now, we're just cutting into a lot of stuff, but why do we speak in tongues? Why do I speak in tongues? Verse 14 says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So you're going to come forward tonight. We're going to pray for you. You're going to start speaking in a tongue. But let me tell you right now, you will not understand what you're saying. Unless the gifts begin to operate. But in general, you're not going to understand what you're saying. Amen. But what you are saying, there is one who does understand that his name's God. You believe that God understands what you're saying. So what's the conclusion then? He says, I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I will sing with the Spirit. And I will also sing with the understanding. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. Got it? When I'm speaking in tongues, I am edifying myself. The Bible says I'm charging my spirit man. And I'm sure a lot of the guys sitting here tonight, somewhere in your lifetime, you left your car lights on. And when you woke up the next morning, you started your car engine and it went like this. <laughs> Who knows that, that flat battery? Well, a lot of you go to church on a Sunday, so Monday and Tuesday is real good, you know. But by Wednesday and Thursday, you, you're like this. I'm going to church <laughs> to work. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Why? Because you're holding on to Sunday service. You know, you're still chewing on the food you got Sunday. But you haven't been in the spirit. So your spirit man becomes weak, isn't it? You're in a worldly environment. People swearing, fighting, cussing. It's a lot of rubbish going on. So eventually, you know, you start off Monday good and you bless God. Hallelujah. And Tuesday, you know, the blessings are getting less. And by Wednesday, Thursday, you're swearing just like the rest of them. Yeah. So when I'm in the spirit, I can speak in tongues every day, everywhere I go. I'm in the spirit, in the spirit, in the spirit. And what does the Bible say? I'm charging my spirit man. 
I'm charging my spirit man. Last or two years ago when I was here, I taught on, on the third level of faith. The third level of faith is your most holy faith, the highest faith level you can get. And how do I get that? Jude 20 says, by praying in the Holy Spirit. By praying in the Holy Spirit. The more I pray in the Holy Spirit, the greater my faith becomes. The greater God stirs himself up in me. And so I just want to end off with this scripture, please. Please, you've got to get this one. Because you're going to give it to people who speaks against God, right? Verse 39. Verse 39. Amazing scripture. Therefore, brothers, brethren, sisters, desire earnestly to prophesy. And do not forbid to speak with tongues. Oh, oh, how many churches today, Pentecostal and non-Pentecostal, are refusing you to speak in tongues? They're refusing it. In Pentecostal churches, somebody stands up in tongues, they run to you, the ushers run to you and say, sit down, sit down, we don't do that here. Stop it. Oh, yeah, they do that. Listen, you guys are blessed. I told you on Sunday morning. I'll say it again. You're spoiled. You're spoiled. You don't know what a wonderful couple you have sitting here right now. You have an awesome, spiritful, tongue-talking couple. You have an awesome band. You're spoiled. There's many out there who don't allow the gifts to operate. They don't know it. They don't know about speaking tongues, prophecy, casting out devils. And when they do, they speak in tongues. They say, stop it. We don't do that here. Well, the Bible says, do not forbid to speak with other tongues. Do not forbid it. Do not forbid it. Do not forbid it. Amen. Stuff like that makes me scared. Did you learn something tonight? Tomorrow night, maybe I'll continue. Who wants to hear more? I taught a bit of this when I was here the very first year. That's four years ago now, so most of you forgot most of that, what I taught. But let's see what God does. Can I ask every head to be bowed and every eye closed? Thank you for your patience. Thank you for you listening. We're not finished yet. We did the theory. Now we're going to do the practical. All right, so this is where I want you to learn how to get somebody filled. Hopefully all the questions you had have been answered. There's more questions, I know, but we don't have time to go further into this. To receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you must first be born again. In Acts chapter 3, in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit fell on the people, Peter and John stepped outside. There were 3,000 people there, and Peter began to preach. And when he preached, he, he preached the, the message of repentance. Repent and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent first, then receive the gift. So I know that there's a lot of you maybe sitting here tonight who truly, truly, truly want this power. You want this, this, uh, this uh, 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 baptism, but you must first be saved. God doesn't throw his pearls to the swine. So if you are saying to me, Brother Dion, would you please pray for me tonight? If I had to die, I don't know where I'm going to end up. If I had to die, I might go to 
heaven or most likely I'm going to go to hell. I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven. I hope so, but I don't know. Well, hoping and not knowing is you are going to go to hell. Fact. We don't want anybody to go to hell. God loves you. I love you. And Jesus died on the cross for you so that you can spend eternity with him in heaven. God loves us. So if you're sitting here tonight and you say, Dion, please, 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 please pray for me. Because I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to give my life to Jesus. I need Jesus. My life is a mess. And I need to make right with him. With nobody looking except me. If you'd like for me to pray for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When I count to three, you put your hand high into the air so that I may pray with you. Are you ready? One, two, three. Many hands have gone up. That's beautiful. Maybe you're a little bit scared. Maybe you're sitting there, your heart's pounding in your chest, boom, 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 boom. And you're saying, oh, I want to do it, but I'm so afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let the devil rob from you right now. Don't let him rob from you. So I'm going to ask again. Overcome your fear and just put your hand up in the air. It's going to be awesome. You're going to get saved tonight. So here we go again. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want to give your heart to the Lord. Now, everybody who raised their hands, quickly, quickly, please help me. Not for me, but for Jesus, okay? If you raise your hand, please stand to your feet right now. Everybody who raised their hands. Come on, don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Stand, stand, stand all over the building. That's wonderful. Come on, that's good. Now, come down. Come here. Come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Oh, you can do better than that, family. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't this still the biggest miracle of all miracles? Is somebody who makes a decision to receive Jesus. Now, in front of you, next to you, behind you, somebody wants to stand up, they're scared. So I've taught you to evangelize. Will you do it again tonight? Please don't make fun of it. If you have to, stand up and go to somebody. But turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, are you sure your life is right? If you want to give your heart to Jesus, you don't have to be afraid. I'll walk with you to the front. So come on, evangelize. Come on, ask your neighbor. Are you right? Are you right? In the back there, in the sides here, everywhere. Are you right with Jesus? Are you right with Jesus? Would you all step to the line, to the line, please? Thank you. Let me say this. I'm fighting for a soul now. Can I fight for a soul? Hell is a reality. I said hell is a reality. Whether you believe it or not, if you did die, if you did die, and if there was a hell, and you go down to hell, right? The Bible speaks about hell as a pool of flame. It's fire where you'll burn forever and ever and ever and ever. You'll burn in this flame. And not only do you burn, there's worms that's going to eat on you while you're alive. And you'll never die. 
Your skin will never burn up. You'll feel the pain of a, of a fire on you, but you'll never burn up, and the worms will keep on gnawing at you, and you'll feel that, and your skin will never disappear. They'll, ne- it'll just, they'll eat or grow back. They'll eat or grow back. So he says, but you're making me scared. Well, good. You need to understand the truth. This is the truth. This is true. That's why Jesus sent his son, I mean, God sent his son Jesus to die for us so that we wouldn't have to go to that horrible place. He loved us. So that we can believe on Jesus, right? So if there is a hell, and I did go down to hell, imagine that now. But I didn't give my heart to Jesus. Then, this night, this moment, right now, you will be tormented for the rest of eternity and say, why didn't I respond? Why didn't I go forward? Why didn't I make right with God? And it will be too late, friend. Nobody will pray you out of hell. Nobody. And I love you enough to tell you this truth. And if you give your heart to Jesus, doesn't mean you become a sissy. It's a sissy to get drunk, get high, and have sex with everybody. And you think you're a man. That's not a man. That's a sissy. It takes a man to say no to that stuff and yes to Jesus. That takes guts. Well, thanks for the amens I'm getting here. That takes guts to stand for God. So you're not going to lose any dignity or lose your manhood. When you become a Christian today, you will become somebody even greater. Hallelujah. He'll save you. He'll anoint you. And he'll take you to a higher level. Now somebody say, why are you you so persistent tonight? Because I know that I know there are people here and God is waiting for you. God's not mad. He's not here with a big stick and hit you over the head and say, you bad, bad person. No, he loves us. He wants to become your father. So church, one more time, I'm begging you. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you really right with God? Come on, evangelist. Come on, evangelist. Are you right with God? If you want to give your heart to Jesus, just stand up. Yes. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? I know of three people right now. I can go to you, tap you on the shoulder, but I'm not allowed to do that because salvation is a free gift. It's a free will choice. You choose. But I know who you are. And you're looking at me with almost a hatred in your eyes. You're saying, I just, I just want to get out of this place. Just take me. You can run, but you cannot hide, friend. You're going to be miserable tonight and tomorrow, and you're going to be miserable until the day you surrender to Jesus. I'm telling you now, I've been there, done that. Yeah, some people say, Amen. I know, brother. You can't run from God. You can't run from God. So let me just give you the. And how many of you know death is real sudden? How quick is death? Death is one breath away. Look at me. One breath. (sighs) Dead. Dead. So if you want to speak about grace, this is God's grace and mercy here in this room right now at this point. He's giving you grace. He's giving you mercy to get right. And I hope you believe that I love you enough to that, that I'm so upfront with you. I love you, friend. I love you. I love you. Jesus loves you even more. We all love you. 
in the sense is if you can pray in tongues, just pray right now. Father, I bind that lying spirit, that blinding spirit. Father, I bind that deceiving spirit that is holding people captive right now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I said in the mighty name of Jesus, I bind you, Satan. You let go the blindness, the deafness of, of the people who's listening to me. Satan, you take your hands off of them. I will not allow one soul, Father, I pray not one soul to leave this place not knowing you. That you'll save them all, Jesus. Save them all, Jesus. Save them all, Jesus. We're crying out for those souls right now. I'm going to count three counts. All you got to do is stand up. Swallow your pride. The fear is gone. Just stand up and come forward. It will be the best decision you have made in all your life. One. Stand up. In the name of Jesus. Come give your heart to Him. Two. Anybody else? I'm closing this altar call. It's your last chance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. God bless you. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? Two more. Anybody else? All right, I'm not going to give up. Last time, neighbors, ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor. Are you right, neighbor? Come on, help me. If you're serious about God like I am, ask your neighbor. Come on, get in their face. Ask them, are you right? 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 If you're not right, bring them forward. Let's all stand to our feet. Come on, let's give God praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.